love that you're the one. If not, you are the prototype. everyone and welcome to Hayes' Higher Learning. I'm your host Ashley Hayes and before we get into the episode topics, I wanted to give y'all a little life update. Prior to COVID-19, my plans for the fall were to go back on tour performing poetry and teaching at colleges. Since that got derailed, I have been lucky enough to be able to perform my college shows virtually. This fall, I'll be expanding my virtual footprint and really figuring out what art looks like with the audience in a separate space. Um, So make sure you check out the Ashley Hayes Instagram and subscribe to my YouTube because more content is coming, including a cooking show, and I'm very excited about that, and creative poetry videos. I also picked up an essential job with the Small Business Association, the SBA, and I'll be helping small business owners get loans to recover from various disasters. And so for the first time in four years, I will be home most of the fall. And one of the things that I believe in in is defining what it means to run an artistic business for myself, right? I don't believe that there are any rules. And I really have learned to let go of the shame around having to work another job or even choosing to work another job. I believe that part of defining an artistic business for yourself sometimes means getting a job and so so you can have more capital and so you can take more risks. And so it is a blessing, definitely. I was afraid about how I would financially survive COVID and things have really worked out. And so I'm grateful for that and looking forward to giving back to my community this fall. And I'm also very clear that this position is temporary. And so I'm looking forward to going back to the full-time entrepreneur life or whatever is beyond this. So I'll be working a lot of hours between my day job and virtual performing and teaching. So season three is coming to an end. But while we're off, We'll be making investments and preparing to take some really big risks for the next season. So be sure to share, subscribe, and check out Hayes' Higher Learning landing page on ashleyhayes.com to find out how you can support Hayes' Higher Learning. Also, remember to check out my Patreon and anchor.fm slash ashley-hayes for monthly subscription options. The work doesn't happen without y'all, and I'm so happy I have an amazing tribe. So today we are talking about cuffing season. It is upon us and dating in the time of COVID. I have been doing Hayes' High Learning for three seasons now, and one of the areas in which I have grown is the area of relationships. I started this podcast while healing through a brutal breakup, and since then, I have had a short-term, short-term romantic relationship that transitioned into a friendship, and I have generally been single. And that being said, your girl is indeed trying to be cuffed this season. However, I'm not at all pressed, and I am very clear on what I desire from long-term life partnership. I'm practicing setting reasonable expectations and engaging folks honestly and with transparency. 
To that end, I have compiled a list of questions that I often ask when getting to know someone and at different stages in dating. And my hope is that by sharing these questions with you, we become more honest and more vulnerable in our approaches to dating and that we set expectations based on the involved parties' capacities, intentions, and priorities. I want us to use our energy wisely and develop true understanding. The Great Bell Hooks argues that understanding is a key element of love. And I am practicing love even in cut buddy relationships. I'm honest and transparent, and I encourage us all to be. So let's get into this list, and I'll expand on the questions and why I ask them. I think it's important for me to say that I believe in being curious and not accusatory. So when we ask these questions, we have to be willing to listen and to overcome our own stories or ideas of how the relationship will look and how that person should be behaving. That means we have to be present and not be so concerned about what we want this to be. I think the most important question to ask is what type of relationship are you looking for? In my experience, this is the part that people most neglect on their dating profile or they just add three things and don't really think about it. If you are looking for a cut buddy, you should clearly say that. If you are looking for dating and hopes of commitment, say that. If you're poly, say that. If you're in an entanglement but looking for better offers, say that. I think people don't spend enough time on understanding what the other person is looking for and being clear about what you what you're looking for. My general answer is that I'm hoping to date someone and ultimately be in a committed partnership. That's not to say you can't have something else. I think I differ from a lot of people in that sense. I used to think that by accepting a cut buddy situation or less commitment was somehow blocking your blessing. And there's this idea that if you take quote unquote less, you're settling. And I think the mistake is comparing relationship types. I don't believe that I don't believe that anymore and I think that the type of thinking, that type of thinking prioritizes the type of relationship over the happiness of the people involved. And I think there are valuable relationships that don't always last long or need to be as involved. Sometimes the best thing for both parties looks different than what society tells us we should have. Sometimes you just need a come and go arrangement. Sometimes romantic partnership is what makes the most sense. Sometimes friendship makes the most sense. Sometimes domestic partnership. Sometimes it's financial partnership that makes the most sense. Be clear about what you will and won't accept. And when you know this, it is easier to start sorting through the resume stack instead of wasting your time interviewing folks you know don't want the job you're hiring for. You could put an amen there if you wanted to. I think the next... The next question that is important to lay out is what are your negotiables and your non-negotiables? What can you absolutely not accept and what can we come to agree on? For me, my non-negotiable is yelling or violent communication. Um, if you start hollering at me, we are finished here. We may not be finished forever, but we are finished for a while. And so if you feel like you need multiple partners, that's negotiable to me. I think that we have to we have to understand what works, what doesn't work, what expectations are reasonable, which ones aren't. Um, and I may or may not be willing to participate, but we can definitely have the discussion. And so after I get that sorted out, and if that person and I decide we want to keep talking, I start to get to know them a little more. I ask things like, what do you do for a living? What are you passionate about? 
Do you have a best friend? I asked the best friend question because I've dated men without solid friends. And I noticed that they tend to lean on me for a lot of support. And I need a person who has a solid friend or a group of friends to hold them accountable. Um, I ask what you're passionate about and what you're most proud of. What characteristics are most important to you in a partner? And if someone says it's important to them that they have someone with a predictable schedule, I usually need to leave the chat at that point. That's not generally how my life is set up. I generally enjoy having a partner who does have a consistent routine, though. So that takes some working out. Once you lay a foundation as to what this person is like, what they do most consistently, then I usually begin to inquire about their values. Is honesty important? Is keeping up appearances for family important? Is this a person who stretches themselves thin? Do they value physical activity? It doesn't take long to observe what a person values. You have to want to see it, though. Again, you have to be present for, for who they are right now, not the role you want them to fill or the role you want them to play. If you are already having sex or even before beginning in, in sexual activity, I highly recommend asking about their STD status. I usually ask, when was your last TD, STD test and what are the results? I go every 90 days when not in a committed relationship, and I usually go twice a year otherwise. If you need info on how to do that, ask your health insurance provider. Call the number on the back of your insurance card and they will help you. If you don't have insurance, when I was in college, I would go to the local free clinic for testing and Atlanta has some. Please, y'all, know your status. And now that we have to consider COVID too, I encourage you to know your status there as well. If you want to be laid up all winter, fine, but be mindful of your partner's safety. If one works from home and the other doesn't, then you have to talk about testing, about hygiene, about your quarantine policies. We have to have these conversations. Earlier on, I usually ask, what are your love language? My top three, what are your love languages? My top three are acts of services, acts of service gifts, and words of affirmation. I generally attract guys who like touch and quality time. So there's some adjusting that has to be done, some learning and some teaching. I read on Twitter, someone posted that your soulmate will know how to deal with you and your moods. That must be nice because where I come from, even the most compatible people have to teach people how they want to be treated. I believe we have to do the work of teaching others how to treat us if we want successful relationships. I also like to ask, what is your communication style? Are you a texter? Are you a person who prefers talking on the phone? Are you direct? Are you passive? Do you avoid tough conversations? Do you lie when you're uncomfortable? Some of that comes out early and some of it you learn over time, but I do advise you to be mindful of a person's communication style. And if it's different than yours, learning how to work with that. If we are considering partnership, I ask who holds you accountable for how you show up in the world? If on your worst day, you do something harmful to me or somebody else, Who's in your corner to urge you to do the right thing? Whose opinion do you value? What are your growth metrics and goals? Those are things when you really start considering if that person is going to be a partner to you and how your lives are going to work together. Then maybe earlier on, I asked, do you want kids? I asked earlier because I know that biological parenthood is valued in our society, and I don't value it as much as others might. So I let potential partners know, I think I'm fit to raise kids, 
but I have very little interest in birthing them. I also ask potential partners, are you managing any conditions or trauma? Sometimes, most times, people tell you. It won't take for a long time for me to tell someone that my father died or about how my longest relationship came to an abrupt end. But I also talk about therapy and how I take responsibility for my healing. And I expect the same. I wanted to do this episode because as I'm internet dating and in these online single groups, I realize people discount the work it takes to date. I talked about this in the Learn to Leave the Table episode last season. Dating and not being exhausted by it takes a great understanding of boundaries and evaluating whether or not that person is actually fitting your needs. And but practice makes the master. So once you master letting things go that don't serve you and cultivating with those that partner and share the work, you'll notice you're less jaded. At least I know I have become less jaded and I have found joy in letting people and situations be what they are and not putting people or situations into a box. Thank you so much for tuning in. Next week, we are wrapping up the season with my co-producer, friend, and creative director, Eon A. Lewis of Mr. Lewis Studios. We'll be talking about the future of Hayes' Higher Learning and what we'll be working on between seasons three and four. This has by far been my favorite season, and I'm so looking forward to continuing to grow with you. The song of the week is Keys to the Kingdom by T.Y. Savage from the Black is King soundtrack. Thank you for tuning in to Hayes' Higher Learning, where together we are learning better, doing better, and being better. Have a wonderful weekend. <laughs>